everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight, we have Mark Nadu and Ash Collins. Ash, how are things going tonight? Swimmingly. Excellent. Wait, this is just like the intro to last week. <laughs> For a second there, I thought I was listening to a recording. I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you are listening Mark- to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Mark? Uh, good. I'm just entering my uh, calorie intake in my uh, health app here. So give me two seconds. Okay. H- how many calories do you think these nuts are worth? <laughs> At least 100. Uh, 200. I had two handfuls. Oh, there you go. I had two there handfuls of these nuts. <laughs> That's, That's never so going to get old. Stupid. <laughs> old. Oh my God. All right. Well, welcome to the official kickoff day of the fifth annual Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge, also known on Twitter as hashtag CSSC5. And if you want to follow along the conversation, you want to join the conversation, definitely use that hashtag CSSC5 on Twitter so that we can all talk together about whatever the hell it is that we are watching, playing, reading, doing this fantastic month of June. Happy CSSC5, everybody. All right, so this year's a little different. Normally, we spend a lot of time trying to recruit. There's a big, long post that takes me six days to write, trying to figure out a ridiculous point system, and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that's dead, but it's taking a break this year. So CSSC5 is a little different. Instead of doing it that way, we're kind of uh, simple, simple, uh, what's the word? Simplizing. That's not the word. We're simplifying. Kind of simplifying. simplifying. <laughs> the Frenchman to the English <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Oh, man, I feel like an idiot. All right, we are don't, simplifying. Don't. don't. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Oh, man. It's okay. Thank you. There, there. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate so, you. Hey, you know, it's great. It's great. We are just lots of lots of man love in this podcast, and that's the way it should be. So much man love. <laughs> But this year, instead of doing all that, instead we are making our own challenges. And for you listeners, I would love to hear about what it is that you are doing this month if you are wanting to participate in CSSC5. Just send me an email at contact at cinefessions.com or hit any of us up on Twitter. So let's jump in here. Mark, you kind of touched on what you're doing last week, but mm-hmm. let's uh, make it official this week. What is your selection for CSSC5? Yeah, let's flesh this out a bit, shall we? Absolutely. So I've been collecting DVDs since like 98, 99, or I should say collecting movies on disc. I've never yeah. been a big VHS guy, never got into it. Um, but uh, once, you know, DVDs came on scene, I started So I have a lot and Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to buy things in multiples. So I'll buy four movies here. I'll buy six movies there without watching the first four that I bought just before. So I have something called a backlog. Um, So what I'd like to do during CSC5 for myself as a challenge is to go through a bit of my discarded, forgotten, dusty pile of movies that at one point in time I thought was a good idea to buy. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, I've already started because today's yeah. June 1st and yeah, yeah. Uh, with work, I know that things uh, might not follow into place or I'll be able to watch a movie at night. But my goal is to watch 30 and 30. I'm like okay. the Canadian ESPN. 
the uh, American TSN, what you will, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so I want to watch 30 movies in my DVD pile of things I've never seen before. Also, I might include a few that I've seen once that maybe I bought almost a decade ago and I never revisited. Yeah, There's a enough. few French ones I wouldn't mind checking out again. Um, one's called uh, Bloody Mallory. Uh, and then okay. called, uh, another one is that Calvaire film, that French New Wave film. I saw it the one time and I never revisited it. So it might be something I might put in in case um, I'm contemplating uh, shooting my television after watching bad film after bad film. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's pretty much what I want to do is try to watch 30 movies in 30 days. I'm already two movies in. Um, nice. So I'm hoping to get a third one after we record this. Um and uh, hopefully catch a few more so I'll be up while uh, my uh, day shifts and night shifts take a toll on me where I'll fall back down again. So hopefully <laughs> 30 and 30. And uh, I'm actually making a bit of a dialogue discussion thing uh, on Facebook since there's limited characters on Twitter. Okay. Um, so I am posting what I'm watching on Twitter, but I am actually also doing the same thing on Facebook. And then uh, people have been uh, replying back and forth uh, depending on the film already uh, today. So if you do want to uh, uh, follow that discussion, you can actually catch me on Facebook as well. Uh, my name, uh, Mark with a C, M-A-R-C, last name Nadeau, N-A-D-E-A-U. Um, right now, my uh, profile picture is myself with a Joy Ryan King of Dong style shirt with <laughs> my buddy Bort with a King of Strong, Child, uh, Strong Style uh, Shinkin Nakamura shirt. Uh, so you can, uh, find me there or you can send me a message on Twitter and I try to find you that way on Facebook, but, uh, having some dialogue, having some fun with this 30 and 30, my prediction is I might hit 22. That's my okay. prediction. <laughs> I think I'm going to fail, but I'm going to go down swinging. Awesome. Great. Excellent. So that is Mark's the backlog challenge. So that's exciting. All right, Ash. And what about you? What is your challenge for the month of june um well i am uh, i'm going with a couple of my mainstays uh i have going to watch the thing and uh the alien quadrilogy uh i'm skipping the predator movies and the avp movies this year uh, okay. just because my work schedule for this month is gonna suck uh, <laughs> uh and you know i'd like to spend time with my wife and enjoy my pool too so there's that right <laughs> um and then uh, the other thing I'm doing is I am blowing through uh, the 50 episodes of Star Trek Next Generation I picked for uh, the Essentials. Perfect. Excellent. So, I mean, that's that could be a significant amount. 50 episodes and four or five movies. That could be – that's a pretty large chunk, I'd say. Yeah. Should be good, though. You are a reigning – I believe you won last year. Like, I think you are our reigning CSSC champion, if I'm – yeah. Correct. Yeah, I did win last year. So, yeah. yeah, and maybe I think you've won two or three times now. So, yeah, I have uh, faith that you will definitely pass the <laughs> what we're titling the the Generation Revisited Challenge. So, that's very exciting. Excellent. So, for myself, um I was toying with a bunch of different ideas and I finally came to the conclusion today actually that this is what I want to do. So, Recently, I picked up some trailer compilations Ooh. from um, like 42nd Street. Uh, and the other one was Trailer Trash. I think that's what it was called or, or something along those lines, whatever it was. Uh, but 
and I got one from um, Alamo Draft, a couple from Alamo Draft House, a couple Blu-rays, and so so on and so forth. And so this year, I decided instead of doing the video game thing like I was planning, just because I feel like it might be too long, and I still want to work out something with streaming that I haven't been able to do yet. So anyway, instead. My challenge is the trashy trailer test. <laughs> I love alliteration. And so my goal for the month of June is to watch a certain number of horror, sci-fi, and cult cinema trailers. Now, these aren't going to be newer ones. They're going to be old ones, you know, hard, rare, hard to find, uh, you know, just shitty films mostly, but that's perfect. And so that is my goal. And on top of that, I want to watch four horror, sci-fi, or cult films just to kind of go along with the, the spirit of the challenge. And so I've actually decided that I wanted to uh, randomly generate. It's going to be between 100 and 200 trailers or what I want to watch because these Blu-rays and DVDs I own are just packed with them. And so I've actually, uh, I'm on random.org and I'm going to randomly generate now what number it is that I will be watching. So let me see. I hit the button. Okay. So the number I'm shooting for, thanks to random.org, is 160 trailers <laughs> and four and four movies. Mother so that of is God. my goal. So you know, 160 <laughs> divided by 30, it's like 5.33 trailers a day. That shouldn't be too bad. That's not going to be too, too hard with those compilations, which exactly. pack 60, 70 trailers per. Yep. Oh, and maybe maybe less than that, but uh, like I've got a bunch well, as well, and yeah, that's very doable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited. And so, like the Blu-rays, like the DVDs will have around, like you said, around sixty-ish. The Blu-rays, I feel like, have closer to a hundred, maybe a little less, maybe like seventy-five. Okay. But I was going through and looking. There's a bunch, man, and I have two Blu-rays and a DVDs worth, I believe, right now. Did, so, did you get all the Forty Seconds Written Forever uh, trailer uh, DVDs? Nope, I got um, the Blu-ray volume, the Blu-ray, which is volume one and volume two, with some uh, some missing, but some added, so it's not perfect one and two, but it's pretty close. Okay. And then I grabbed number five, and so I I don't have three or four, um, and I think there's like a porno one also. I don't yeah. have that well, one. That's what I was gonna ask. Is like I've okay. got the porno one as well because I thought that was gonna be number three because it had three X's on it, and it came oh. after number two. It came after number two. And, What's it uh, called? Ah, it's called 40 Second Street. Let me go get it. I'll be two seconds. Okay. Yeah, because I was searching on Amazon for like the different trailer compilations before we recorded tonight, just so I could get like a number on each disc, but it doesn't say. And uh, I wasn't able to find that one because I was reading that there was one. And I was like, oh, that might be an interesting one. But I uh, I couldn't come across it. So Okay, so I, I've got it called. here. Uh, 42nd Street Forever, the Triple X Dream Special Edition by Synapse Films. Okay. And it's got a whole bunch of adult trailers. It's actually a whole lot of fun, especially if you love Bush. There's a whole (laughs) lot of Bush, a whole lot of jizzing on Bush, a whole lot of jizzing off Bush. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Um, That's crazy. Like, I I, kind of dig these trailers. One, Mm -hmm. because this is taboo, because as a kid... You know, so you go in the video store and you see sometimes, you know, you'll take a peek between the, 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 uh, you know, the curtain, you'll see like flashes of DVD, of, of VHS covers. Yeah. And now there's a whole bunch of these like porno, um, you know, movie trailers. And I think it's just like, it's, it's awesome because it's like a slice of history, you know, um, like how can you not enjoy a trailer for Beverly Hills Cock? I know <laughs> I, I should pop this back in myself. Unfortunately, I've seen it. 
But there is a lot of <laughs> dust on this uh, DVD, so maybe I can count it uh, towards with my things, but I don't think it will. Trailers are, uh, are your bag this time. The Triple yep. T uh, challenge is uh, is yours. Absolutely. I will um, definitely try to pick that one up during the month here. But it yeah, is one of the... Yeah, <laughs> one of the first films when I was writing for Inside Paul's movies, it was like my first, you know, uh, film critic, quote unquote, movie blogger, really, um, position, and uh, it one of the first that they sent me was the Roman Nakatu porno collection. It was basically like a Japanese, uh, Japanese. Uh, adult film trailer collection really? and it was the first time i ever seen anything like it and it actually hits really well on the website just because it has the word porno in it and so whatever people are searching <laughs> it comes up but anyway um yeah so that's one that's you can actually find that review on the website it was actually really like uh, really funny like there are so there's different types of things that i've never seen before like horror like horror porn sci-fi porn like just this ridiculousness of it all was something to behold and and just unlike anything i'd ever seen up to that point and so it was definitely uh an interesting an interesting thing to review for one of my first but yeah so that's my trashy trailer test for the month of june 160 trailers and four films of the horror sci-fi and cult variety so any listeners that are interested in joining in with your own challenge for the month of June, please, like I said, let us know. We'd love to discuss your ideas and your progress on upcoming episodes, which is what we're going to do as we go through the month. If you want to join in on the conversation on Twitter, use hashtag CSSC5, which is obviously the Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge 5 on Twitter. And then remember, you can find me on Twitter at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-A-N-1, Mark at M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U, and Ash at D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. So definitely follow us three and follow us at Cinefessions as well. And you can follow along with the conversation using hashtag C-S-S-C-5, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. So in honor of Saw 3, I have our question of the week. Let me ask you, gentlemen. Because really, some people could look at the Saw movies and say, yep, I'm going to stop at Saw 3. That's a good trilogy for me. So in honor of this, what would you say is your favorite movie trilogy? Ash, I'll start with you. Ugh, a trilogy. <laughs> well, there's the obvious Star Wars one, but um, you know, Jurassic Park's not a trilogy anymore. Um, shoot. Well, let me ask this, Mark. Do you have a, do you have a favorite that pops up immediately? Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, honestly, oh man, you've kind of taken me. Uh, see, we don't we don't ask these questions to each other before it starts here. So I'm kind of <laughs> like scanning my collection right now. Um, favorite trilogy? Oh, it can't be Terminator because the third one was the shit. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, Aliens has four, uh, you know, Halloween, J, uh, Friday the 13th. Predator has three. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. If anything, I'd probably, oh, Trilogy. Uh, it would have to, I would have to say the films I had the most in German with, off the top of my head, would be the Indiana Jones Trilogy. Okay. So you're ignoring the fourth one? Ignoring the fourth one, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, then you know what? Then I'm going to see the Evil Dead trilogy. Oh. There you go. Because the TV is a TV show, bitches. So that doesn't That's count. Right. And, and, and the new Evil Dead was a remake. So, yep. 
Yeah. Oh shit! No, no, that's a remake. Now that doesn't count either. Ah, oh, uh, oh, well, technically it does count because it doesn't. I would, doesn't necessarily fit in the continuity. Yeah, I would count that absolutely. Would, uh, you know what? I'm a. I am not going to count it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to count it based on principle. Uh, fuck. I have. Well, well let, let me tell you mine because okay, obviously I come up with a question. I, I have time to think about it. Uh, for me, uh, the one that immediately springs to mind has to be the Back to the Future trilogy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that it's just I. I mean, the first one's an all-time classic. I love the second one. I arguably even more than the first one. Uh, the third one, I would in my book, is the weakest of the three, but it's still just a fun film. I absolutely love the series, the music in it. I mean, just the acting, the the, the ridiculous story that it tells. It's so much fun. Yeah. So that has to be. I mean, it's such a you know cliche, I think, but uh, I, it's still one of my favorites. I don't think it's a cliche if you like what you like, you know. Yeah. There um, you go. Okay. If I had to think of the trilogy, okay, so. Based off a Facebook post that uh, one of my friends had on their wall, we had a we had a conversation about who has the better trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. the Nolan Batman or the Cap America series. Oh, right. So uh, the way I said it, I put it as the the Nolan Batman, just because two was so strong and three was bad, but. Bane was awesome. But at the same time, the Cap America series, one sucked. Like, I did not like the origin story at all. But two and three were so badass. Two was, I think, one of my best. Two was, like, it kind of started showing Marvel not doing just superhero movies, but using superheroes in different genres. Mm-hmm. So, you know how Cap 2 would be more like a like a 70s political thriller in a way? Right, right. Um, well, Cap 3 is a mashup. It's just a big boss fight. Um, yeah. And then even like, even the Iron Man's, you know, the Iron Man ah. series was really good too. And I kind of like three more than two. So who do I pick? You know, like ah, I'd have to <laughs> I'd have to say if I had to pick out of I'm gonna go superhero just because I can't think of anything else right now sitting at my at my kitchen table sipping yeah. on a Modelo beer. Yeah. Um, I would have to go with Batman. The the, okay. the Nolan Batman yeah. was so good. Number yeah. three was a bit of a letdown, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, honest, everyone, a lot of people say that, but I loved the third film. I thought it was a lot of fun. I just, I loved it a lot. Well, what hurt number three was number two, like the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of just blew everything out of the water, you know. Mm-hmm. And I still got a thing that the Dark Knight. I'm probably gonna watch it more than I'll ever watch Cap Three, even though I love Cap Three. Mm-hmm. I love Cap Two. Cap One can go suck a dick. Um. Yeah, I was not a fan of Captain America the first but one. The first time I saw it, yeah, this is awesome, and it's it's not um, uh, Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is awesome as Cap. I think oh, yeah. I think he's fucking fantastic. Like I hope mm-hmm. he is in the new Spider Man film uh, yeah. that they're that they're doing right now. Um, but I just think like Christian Bale probably is the worst part of the Batman films, and not him as Bruce Wayne, but him as Batman. You know? Oh, really? I, I think so because but the supporting cast around him is mm-hmm. so bloody strong. Um yeah. yeah, I have to you know, at the same time, the cat movies, you know, Black Widow, she's a strong female character, and she's a strong, likable female character oh, that's yeah. just getting shit on because she's one of the first, so she's not getting all the merchandise, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a like her and Cap in Cap 2, oh yeah, awesome. Like oh yeah. 
we have to do these Marvel team ups more often. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to have like six people like Cap three, but just like have her and have him, and they go do whatever they do on their adventures. That's what I loved about Deadpool. Deadpool uh, was like yes. those classic team up movies because you've got him, Colossus, and and uh, Megasonic going to go kick their you know the bad guys' asses. Yeah, you know, so, fun. sometimes less is more, and you get more fleshing out of the characters. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to go the, the Nolan Batman trilogy, but by a hair. Okay. But, but at the same time, you know, like all the Iron Man movies were still pretty good. Even number two, which wasn't as good, was still pretty cool. You know? So is Iron Man better than Cap? No. Ah, oh, it's, it's, okay, crazy. So, it's so hard though. Like really, <laughs> to me, Cap 1 really, ah, oh, dropped the ball. I just did not like Cap 1 at all. See, now you got me thinking about those though. And I, I actually liked Cap 1. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Well, if we're going superhero, or we're going with superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nolan's Batman is definitely up there. Um, the original Star Wars trilogy is up there for me. Oh sure. Um, yeah. Oh god. Um, the, uh, one of the ones I was thinking of, the Star Trek two, II, three, and four are actually like a trilogy technically because they they are one continuous story from the one movie to the next. Um, so they're kind of like an unofficial trilogy. Yeah. Um, oh, but man, yeah, Iron Man. I I don't think I would go with Iron Man because two was a huge letdown for me. I agree. Um, I loved three and I loved one, but two was just kind of eh. Yeah, it was I, just it was just a rehash of the first movie with different you know different bad guy, and it was just yeah. like eh. Uh, it just didn't and, work for me. And and really, three was good up until the reveal of who Mandarin really was. You know, I'm like Even really it's gonna be Pierce. Ugh. Well, and that's the oh, thing. Spoiler. I would have actually loved that <laughs> if they had done the original plan and made the woman the villain. Yes, me too. That would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just completely out of left field. You know, just like yeah, I was doing it all along. <laughs> yeah, but um, man, I know this is a tough question. Yeah, I'm going. I'm just because it's man, you suck. It, it is- <laughs> <laughs> We haven't talked Lord of the Rings. We haven't talked yeah, Hobbit. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But I'm not a huge, you know, swords and, and dwarves and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. not going to count it. Like, it won't be my favorites. Another one I that, own them all, but. Mm-hmm. Another one that I love and I was considering was the uh, the Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot yeah. Fards, and the World's that's End. That's good, too. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good trilogy as well. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, I will go with my old mainstay of Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Um, well, the well, the superhero movies. I'm on a big superhero movie kick. Those were, those were my my. That was my trilogy mm-hmm. for a long time. I mean, I don't know how many different versions of VHS tapes I wore out. So, <laughs> and those were store bought. So yeah. Right. Right. Excellent. All right. Oh, so can I can I change my answer to the remake of I Spit on Your Dead trilogy? Or spit on your grave. Spit on I spit on your grave. I fucked up the joke, so let's move on. <laughs> you know, the remake of I Spit in Your Grave is fucking fantastic. I Spit in Your Grave 2, a little less fantastic. And, um, I still haven't watched the third one. I was supposed to be no a joke, and I just fumbled. That's all right. I got I laughed. mouth. That's all that matters. Thanks, boo. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of, of films that people haven't watched... Usual yeah. Suspects is on Netflix US. Is it? Yes, it is. I'm looking right, right at I'll it. Have to, I'll have to check it out then. 
You've never seen? Oh, that's right. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what? You want to hear about an awesome night of movies? I was working at Birking at the time. I was mm-hmm. at a pool party with a bunch of people. And then we went to one of the girls uh, we worked with back to her place. And we watched a double header of Rumble in the Bronx and The Usual Suspects. And I'd never <laughs> seen either one before. I was It was my first Jackie Chan film. I was blown away by Rumble in the Bronx. I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. And then huh. The Usual Suspects, man, it, it, when I left, it felt like I had sex. That's how good it was. <laughs> it felt like it. Might have oh, peed, man. But. <laughs> I, I still remember when Rumble in the Bronx, our, our local theater, when I lived in um, a little small town, um, it was just a single theater, and it was two bucks to get in. That was it for you know per movie. And they had they started doing uh, after I moved there. They shortly after they moved there, they started doing two movies instead of just one. Mm-hmm. And they usually had like a kids movie and then like the adult movie after you know the the older movie. Um, yeah. But the Muppets, what was it, the Muppets Take Manhattan that came out? Or was it the the Muppets pirate movie? <laughs> I don't remember it, but it, but all they put up on the marquee was the Muppets. <laughs> and then underneath, the second movie was Rumble in the Bronx. So the whole marquee read the Muppets Rumble in the Bronx. You know? <laughs> it so was cool. just like, oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. All right, so I kind of jump into uh, because just kind of because it connects here. Uh, we were talking about the civil or the Captain America trilogy, mm-hmm. so I'll jump into what I've been doing this week in media. I finally saw Captain America: Civil War. Hey, so, yeah, about damn time. Um, and so yeah, that honestly was probably my favorite Marvel film since the original Avengers. I had so much fun with that movie, mm-hmm. just. Spider-Man? Holy shit. How great was Spider-Man in that film? I cannot wait to see him in his, his like standalone shit. Yeah, how great was, was Aunt May? Right. Aunt May? Oh right. yeah, I know, yeah. right? Marissa Torme? Are you fucking kidding me? She, I know. She still looks amazing. Oh my god, she does. Oh, and, so oh absolutely. In the way um uh Iron Man Stark was was yes. handling it was just perfect. I was yeah, dying, man. Funny. It was so funny. Very, very funny. But I loved watching them battle each other. I mean, I, there was a lot of superheroes in that, but it was so much fun, man. I just, wow. It was great. I had a hell of a time with that one. I cannot wait to see it again. Yeah, that would be airport, a day one purchase. That, that airport fight scene was just oh, yeah. so much fun to watch. And it lasted oh, so yeah. long. It gave mm-hmm. everybody their props. Like, right. I like Paul Rudd. Okay. And then Paul, oh, he yeah. was Ant-Man in this scene. Oh. <laughs> It was it was great. Like everybody so had so much good. chemistry. Who's that talking? It's your conscience. You're not. Oh yeah, he had so many great lines. Yeah, I need. I I have not seen Ant Man yet, and uh, after seeing that, it oh, makes me want to see it. Yes, yeah. uh, I, I, Ant Man was funny, but don't go in expecting a lot because it's basically it's Iron Man with Ant Man over the top of it. Well, to, to me, it's oh. like it's an Ocean Twelve film. It's it's a heist film. Uh, yeah, it is a heist film, but it, it a lot of the story beats though felt like Iron Man to me. It just the, mm. that kind of pacing to it. It was very as far as that goes. It was pretty formulaic. The jokes were funny. The, that was you know that was the big thing for me. So hmm. that that got me through it. Yeah, I, right. I, I really dug it, and I think I watched it again uh, when I picked up the Blu-ray recently, and uh, it yeah. held up. So. 
And if, if you don't, if you don't own the Blu-ray, it's on Netflix right now. So, oh, I own it. Yeah, the, oh. yeah. The only thing I didn't like about it was the whole, you know, Wasp was already trained. You know, the 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 woman that's going to become Wasp. Yeah, was already fucking trained. Knew how to do all this shit. She could kick Paul Rudd's ass. She knew the building in and out. And we're going to get this dude to to and train him to do this so that he can get in. Yeah, but he didn't want to lose his daughter. That's the I whole point. I don't you know? care. It was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> At oh, that man. point, she could have just stolen the fucking suit and done it, and just been like, <laughs> you know, it was just that. It was just it was dumb. I mean, I I could see what they were going with it, but it was just dumb. Yeah, it was a little sexist too. It was just I don't know it. I and the jokes were funny and stuff like that, and I liked the whole setup, but it was just. It's like you know they made her this like really capable character and it's just like she's sidelined. That pissed me off. It's just like yeah. come on, really. Hmm. What bugged me is the uh, main character guy who played Yellow Jacket. Uh huh. Um, I thought it was uh, you know Peter Sarsgaard. I thought it was him with a prosthetic nose the whole time. <laughs> I find out that no, it's not, and that's the guy's real <laughs> nose. And then I felt bad for him. <laughs> uh, I have to see this now. I I I, I don't recall what the, what the actor's name is, but this whole time I thought it was somebody else with prosthetics, and no, <laughs> that's his face. I'm like, oh, oh man, yeah. But I bet can do a lot of cocaine, like a lot of cocaine. So kudos. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I oh. think my favorite part of Civil War was how, like, in the beginning, I was totally on one side, and then as the film progressed, I kind of like switched sides. So like, yes. it just wasn't black and white, you know. It was I could see both sides of it and was on both sides of it at different points. I kind of felt like the Black Widow character, at least for me, was kind of my conscience or my was me throughout the film. She was the audience. Yes. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. I just thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, that was the one thing I was afraid of was that they were just going to make it really lopsided and they managed mm-hmm. to, it was very, you know, they, they deliver their points and you can instantly see both with their points to it. And it's yeah, just I the think way the events happened, Yeah, they, you know, just completely blew it up. And right. I think they do that better here than in the comic books. Go ahead, yes. Mark. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. And can we talk for a second for that opening fight scene with Crossbones? How fucking cool did he look? Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my god, with, with those mechanical fists, those like mm-hmm. hydraulic, like Frank Grillo's pretty awesome by himself, you know. And then <laughs> him as Crossbones, like cool. Now him with his gear on fighting oh, yeah. Captain America. Oh my! The, the movie had me like by the like in the first reel. I'm like, oh, right. This, this is like I want to enjoy this movie. And I mm-hmm. saw this film by myself on a Saturday night. Because I couldn't wait because I was afraid for spoilers. Right. Uh, my friends are pretty cool on Facebook and I didn't get any spoilers. But uh, hmm. yeah, I was – oh, I want to say it again. But I kind of want to spend the money to say it again because I'm going to buy the Blu-ray anyways. Yeah. Right. So I might hold off on it because now that summer started, there's going to be so many movies coming out. Like the, like the X-Men one that just came out this weekend. I know. Which I heard isn't very good. But I'm still going to see it anyways because – I saw it actually. Um, okay. I'll talk about it here in a little bit. Because I don't know if I'm going to have time to write a review or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So continuing on my week here, I also played, uh, started playing a bit of Doom after I returned Overwatch and Battleborn. And uh, it's a lot of fun so far what I've played. I haven't played a ton, but I played a little bit of the single player, a little bit of the multiplayer. And uh, it's so much fun. They, I love when online shooters have 
modes where it's like one death and then you wait for your team to, you know, if you die, you wait for your team to to finish and whichever team has the, you know, last person standing wins or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it's reminiscent of what I used to play. Like when I first started playing online shooters with uh, SOCOM back on the PS2, when like, I remember when the, you know, the whole online thing was new at that point, you know, obviously Dreamcast had it, but it's nothing I ever used on the Dreamcast. And so, uh, you know, we finally had internet connection speed that could handle it when SOCOM came out. And so it just is, you know, a bit of nostalgia factor whenever I find a mode like that. And Doom has one of those. And the first match I played was awesome because we went down 0-2 and then ended up coming back and it, we took it into overtime. And then like we ended up losing with like seconds left in overtime. But when that happens, it just makes you want to play more. And so that's, you know, I'm really excited to to dive into that to that game even more as as the weeks go on here. Yeah, I was able to finish the first level with two sits uh, just because I think now I just can't handle these games anymore and I need gravel because I was mm-hmm. dizzy with it. Like just the way the guy moves, it, it's too it's too fast. And I guess my, my you know, my brain's a Pentium computer and I don't know what computers are these days, but it's not to my <laughs> level anymore. Right. I'm old school. I'm going to go back to eight and 16 bit games. <laughs> uh, the other thing I watched, I watched... Uh... So Disney Channel was playing like a lot of their original movies over the holiday weekend here. Oh, don't and, say uh, it. Don't, one don't, of them don't, that, don't say it. One of them that was on there that I used to watch when I was younger don't. was uh, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Oh, that's okay, guys. Okay, good. I was thinking Hyper Musical. I was going to... Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Uh, and, you know, it actually, it held, it held up pretty damn well. It's still funny. Uh, the CGI looks like shit, with, but it's not very often that they use CGI, so it's okay. I mean, it's just a dumb teenage love story, but it was actually really funny. And there was a Shakespeare reference in there that made me chuckle. Uh, A2 Brutus. I thought that was hilarious. But, um, yeah, so I watched that. I want to watch a lot of Malcolm in the Middle episodes, uh, which is just another sitcom I know that you guys don't like, but I, I love like it. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, there we go. I never Attaboy. watched it. Oh, okay. I love those. But yeah, they're just so dysfunctional family and it's just really funny. Um, and then finally, now don't ask me why, but for some reason I decided this past weekend that it would be a good idea to own the entire Call of Duty franchise that's available <laughs> on home consoles. So so I ended up hitting up my uh, my local disc replay, which like they sell a bunch of used like Blu-rays, DVDs, video games, consoles, just a bunch of used media essentially. And I completed my collection. So I, now I have like all three of the, the PS2 releases. Um, I have Call of Duty Classic on Xbox Live. So I have one. And then I have all the way through, you know, Black Ops 2 on the 360 and PS3. And then Ghost and Advanced Warfare on Xbox One. I already beat Black Ops 3 on Xbox One. So I'm not buying that one again. I bought, I beat it and sold it. So I'm not rebuying it. But yeah, that's a thing I did this weekend. And so <laughs> I started my playthrough of Call of Duty 1. It's actually really good. It's actually really hard. There's just so many fucking enemies in that game. It gets so much easier as the series progresses, I think. But the Call of Duty Classic, I mean, it's it's really well done on the Xbox Live Arcade. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to play through it. I The only reason I really play Call of Duty is for the, the, the short and simple single player campaign. Um, but I have fun with it, so I like it. But yeah, so that's that's what I wasted my money on this weekend. Well, yeah. I'm glad it can satisfy your bloodlust. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and what about you, Mark? What did you do this this past few days here? Because I know we just recorded last Friday, but yeah, uh, well, I had my buddy Bort come in from uh, Toronto uh, this Bort. weekend. That's yeah. a great name. Not his real name, but you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's his. That's his Facebook thing. Um, gotcha. He uh, and I went with uh, uh, Melissa and then my other friend uh, Kevin, his daughter Raven, to another local wrestling show. 
for Steve okay. Hall Wrestling. Um, we kind of pre-gamed a bit, had had some pierogies, and then we went to the <laughs> uh, went to the event. And uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. You know, I'm about five eleven to two fifty one, and uh, he's you know about <laughs> six feet tall, and he's about a buck ten. Oh, um, he's a vegan, so you know, oh, okay, whatever. He just doesn't have much to eat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let's just say that he doesn't have as many options. You know. And, right. Uh, right. You know. Anyways, so. I was double fisting beers and I owed him some money. So I was buying him beers as well. So we pretty much each had a six pack before intermission. I was okay. Him not so much. <laughs> some awesome pictures on my Facebook of him passed out and us, you know, posing around him. Oh, um, but yeah, wrestling show was awesome. I'm so bummed. I can't go to the next one because of work. Um, mm. So I, so yeah, I started a wrestling show and then, um, oh man, this is fun. So what I did as well, I guess it was a flash sale on the PlayStation Network, and uh, I got those. Did I talk about this already? I got the uh, those Jackbox games. No, no. Okay, so you know the guys who do, who do you don't know Jack? Yes. Yeah. So that's I think I think they're called Jackbox, and uh, they released two volumes of like you know PS4 whatever Xbox like board games. So they're pretty okay. much party games. Mm-hmm. So we were four at my place, and uh, we played these games all night long. Oh um, wow! Yeah, and we had so much fun because we're drinking, and we're just <laughs> at first we're trying to be serious, trying to beat the game, like try to win, you know, uh, the game. And then as the more drinks come along, my answers get a little sillier, and it was fun. <laughs> like we laughed all night long. It was a That's blast. Awesome. But prior to that. I, uh, because I wanted to show them a movie that nobody had seen before, but I had already seen. Um, okay. Stitches. Have you ever heard of that film? I've heard of it. I own it. I've not seen it. Oh, boy. It is good. So it's pretty much the story is kid has like his maybe like ninth, 10th birthday. They get a clown. Clown dies without finishing <laughs> the birthday party. So then years later, the clown comes back at a house party and tries to kill the original kids that were at the first party. <laughs> Uh, awesome. The the uh, guy who plays Stitches, it's Ross Noble. He is a uh, British uh, comedian. Um, okay. The, so the, the film the film uh, is uh, based, I think, in Ireland or uh, it's it's overseas. It's funny. The uh, the first act, you know, gets the story going. The second act is where it's all at. The kills are mm-hmm. awesome. That kind of goes down just to been the third and final act, but yeah. the movie's fun. Uh, everybody liked it, so I was vindicated because it started off a little rough. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So apart from that, um, I did watch. I actually watched quite a few movies. I guess the my big highlight, without talking about the CSSC stuff, I watched on uh, I guess the thirtieth, so two days ago. He never died. The Henry oh, Rollins okay. film that's on Netflix yeah. right now. Holy shit! Is that good? Oh, good. it is so good. So he plays an immortal. Um, and uh, you find out it's in the first lines of like the, the plot of the film. He's also a cannibal and <laughs> he lives like a secluded life. You know, uh, he sleeps, he hears the voices of all, you know, people around him dying and stuff like that. It's really good. I don't want to get into many details, but Henry Rollins yeah. is awesome in this film. It, it does seem the film was shot in Canada. It's got that Toronto feel to it. Like, ah, oh, this is kind of oh, okay. shot, you know, locally in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. and it, <sighs> What makes it feel a little cheap is the opening credits. The actual font they use, like the graphics. Oh. It's like, put some money into that production. Like, it just looked really cheap. 
but huh. it is worth it. Check it out. It's got my it's got my recommendation of the week. Like this movie was awesome. awesome. Henry Rollins, amazing. Go check it out. He never died. It's on Netflix Canada. I'm assuming it's on Netflix US. Yeah, it um, is. I just looked. Ah, perfect. Very cool. It's really good. It's really really good. Um, a perfect. Do we want to talk about any CSSC stuff at all? You want to wait till next week? Oh, talk talk about what you uh, what you've seen so far. Go for it. Okay, so I watched two movies so far today. Um, I might watch a third one. Um, I spent a lot of time in front of the TV already today, so I don't know. Um, first one I watched was Thriller: A Cruel Picture from 1973. It's a Swedish film that uh, stars um, Christina Lindbergh, who was an overseas 70s uh, sex symbol. Hmm. Um, so this is an exploitation film. And I expected that. This film, the reason, the version I have, Thriller, A Cruel Picture, is the unrated edition. There's also an edited edition called They Call Her One Eye. Um, oh, I, I've heard of that. Yeah, like. so the, the one I have is unrated. And it surprised me because <laughs> the story is she gets abducted, gets uh, hooked on heroin against her will, and is forced to work in some sort of brothel. Um, so you see, you see her topless a lot. You you see her fully naked. Then you see her really naked. Like, I guess she's having sex with a John Hmm. and it's a sex scene. Like it's a porn. Now it's maybe 10, 15 second uh, like shots. So you're not seeing a full like sex scene. It's like a montage in a way, but you're seeing everything. Like you're seeing like (laughs) penetration. I did not expect this. Like, so I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So yeah. you see penetration. You see the guy stick like a finger in her butt. Uh, you see a cum shot. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, it blew me away because I did not expect that at all. Right? Because it's right. funny because the guy's taking off his underwear. And I'm like, that guy is not wearing a sock or anything. You know? So like, how weird is it for her? <laughs> and then they, they actually have penetrative sex. So, wow. Yeah. So that was interesting. Oh. Um, the movie itself was Okay. Uh, is it my favorite, uh, like, exploitation female in peril gets revenge film? No. Um, I think I like I Spit on Your Grave, and the original, mm-hmm. and uh, Last House on, uh, on the Left more. And I okay. didn't really like those films. Like, those films make, made me feel dirty yeah. after it was done. Mm-hmm. This one didn't. Hmm. But there's just something about it. I just... It got kind of long. They used a lot of slow motion with some deaths. Oh, And okay. it just felt like it lasted, it took too long. And I don't know. I just, I couldn't get the rhythm of the film. It just, it just kind of dragged a bit, you know? Um, and honestly, the deaths weren't that, apart from the last death, which mm-hmm. I will not divulge, uh, or I can, moves from 73, so who cares? Um, <laughs> but yeah, the last death I thought was cool, but then it wasn't gory. Like, they, mm. they kind of pan away from whatever happened. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's odd because we just saw, like, penetrative sex earlier. <laughs> so, why are we sharing yeah. from war? I don't know. It, it was it was a weird film. Not something that I expected at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on, a, what, today's, what, Wednesday? <laughs> Wednesday. So, kind of <laughs> weird. That said, though, today is hump day, so I guess it's fitting. Hashtag <laughs> 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 funny. Um, so, yeah. So, I watched that, and then I watched... Uh, for my second CSSC 5 uh, film, Time Rider, The Adventure of Lyle Swan. Um, I, took the, I, I picked this film because I wanted something to wash my palate a bit after watching an exploitation film. 
Yeah. Um, and I picked this one because it's got a kick-ass cast. Uh, Fred Ward is the main character. He's Lyle Swan. Uh, Peter Coyote's in it. Uh, Richard Mazur from The Thing is in it. Um, oh. Shit, there's a few other people I can't can't recall. But, um, man, I was kind of let down by this film, too. Long story short, this film was made in 82. Guy is a dirt bike racer. He's doing the Baja 1000, so they're in the desert racing. At the same time, this company does time uh, time travel experiments, and he gets caught in one of their laser blasts or whatever. So he gets mm. transported to the year of 1857, I think. <laughs> and then pretty much the whole movie is cowboys seeing his his motorbike, and they want his bike. So they keep shooting at him and attacking him. So I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> like it, it was dumb. I, I didn't like it. I liked the idea of it and had a bit of a Buckaroo Banzai feel at first. So I'm like, oh, this could be cool. It wasn't. I was bored to tears. I only gave it two out of five stars. So and oh, I man. and I gave Thriller three stars. So it shows how much I didn't like this movie that much. Right. And, then, <laughs> and even Fred Ward couldn't save this film. I was like, ah, hmm. this is not Reno Williams, you know, and this is not Tremors. Uh, I was I was disappointed. So I watched a few more, uh, but you know, I've talked enough. So. It seems a fitting start to to the uh, Cinefession Summer Streams Challenge to watch some bad movies because God knows I watch a lot of bad movies during the month of June. <laughs> 28 more to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ash? What did you do this week in media? Uh, well, we went to go see X-Men Apocalypse over the weekend. Awesome. Um, actually went and saw it in 3D. The 3D was actually pretty good. Um, the only reason we saw it in 3D is because our movie theater can't schedule for shit. Uh, oh. but uh, yeah, I was surprised. You normally don't see in 3D. I was yeah. very surprised to hear you did. Yeah, it was just it was just the way that they set up their schedule. The their cheaper showing it was at 5:30, but it was only for the 3D, and it's like oh. it ended up being like 50 cents difference between oh, okay. seeing it in 3D or just not seeing it in 3D. So we're like, eh, hey, well, mm-hmm. we'll splurge. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, Good. it's not the best of the X-Men movies, but it's not yeah. nowhere near the worst. This is not X-Men last stand levels of, of bad. Huh? Which I, I liked that one even. So, I mean, if, if I like that one, I'm sure I won't have a problem with this new one. Seriously? You yeah, like that they, movie? They actually, they actually make yeah, fun of X-Men last stand a little Oof. bit. Um, it's kind of funny because at one point, Gene and, um, Scott and uh, them are coming out of Return of the Jedi. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Empire was the best one. You know, you know they're, they're talking about it. And they're like, yeah, the third one's always the weakest. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah they, they're, they make fun of it a little bit. But, yeah, there's there's some great lines in it. Um, they uh, Oscar Isaac, a lot of people are making fun of the Apocalypse makeup. Oh, it looks bad. It actually looks a lot better in the movie than I thought it would. Um, Good. Uh, I mean, he's not. I, I, it works for the film. I mean, he fits the rest of the X Men the way they've set up the, you know, the the way they look in the movies. He fits with the movies. Um, I was actually a little disappointed with Apocalypse. Not not because of Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac did a great job, but he just he has a he has a great screen presence. Um, it's just he. Um, I don't know. He he wasn't quite as menacing as I was expecting. I and mean, he's still pretty badass when he does stuff. It's just like, holy shit, what did he just do? Um, you know, like uh yeah, there's there's a lot of great moments with that. But uh, you know, they they actually gave some great there's a great story arc for Magneto. Um uh, Mystique has a great story arc. Charles doesn't have 
one as much. They kind of focus a little bit more on Gene and Scott a bit, which was pretty mm. cool. Um, Nightcrawler's got a different origin uh, this time around than he did before, uh, you know, because things have changed a little bit because uh, okay. of what they did with F- Days of Future Past. So right. and they, they, they they did a little playing around with that. Um, but uh, no, it 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 follows the X-Men movie formula down to the letter. So if gotcha. you don't like the X-Men movie formula, you're not going to like the movie. Right. If you right. like the X-Men movie formula, you'll love it. <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, I actually, I would probably give it three or three and a half out of four. Uh, Excellent. Okay. Yeah. As far as that goes. Um, like I said, I probably won't have time to write up a review on this week, unfortunately. Um, oh, yeah, that's fine. But uh, no, it was it, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it, um, it, the the only thing I was disappointed with was I would have actually liked to see a little bit more before all hell broke loose of you know the world building and stuff like that. But uh, oh, okay. Um, but you know, it was paced pretty well, and everyone was like, "Oh, the Wolverine stuff is extraneous." They didn't even have him. His moment was fantastic. Uh, it, it's it's brief, but it's straight out of the comics. Yeah, it's it's the iconic you know Weapon X sequence. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I did get started on my Star Trek Next Generation binge. Um, Good. But uh, I I do want to warn people away from a movie that I started on Netflix. And I lost my wife about 10 minutes into it, and I actually turned it off halfway through because <laughs> I couldn't finish it. It was just so, so bad. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, – I was like, okay, well, we've kind of – you know, because we, we – she and I have gone through all of their supernatural horror movies on Netflix at this point. So oh, we're like, okay, okay so we're going to go through, like, the zombies. So I picked one of the zombie ones we haven't watched, and I picked Condemned. It is terrible. The I effects, don't know that one. Yeah, the effects work is good. There isn't a single damn character I liked in this movie. I wanted hmm. them all to freaking die. I was just like, wow. <laughs> I, I, and it was just, it gets, it gets to the point where it's just, it's too gross. And I was just like, all right. And, and it's just, it's just stupid gross. I mean, like really, really stupid gross. Like, yeah. And the, the line, the dialogue's terrible. All the characters just completely screwed up. And so I like I paused it and I did that thing where, you know, you can kind of scrub along ahead on Netflix to see, you know, what <laughs> happens. And and I realized that the only person that was going to live was one of the it was the, the, the hero heroin chick. And but even then it was just like I realized what she would have to do to escape. And I'm just like, nope, I am not watching this. I'm done. <laughs> and oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's. <sighs> It's trying to do. It's like trauma level of bad with like mm-hmm. a budget behind it. Hmm. And That's it, interesting. But yeah, so I mean, it might be worth like a look if you're morbidly curious. But right, right. Yeah, Netflix gave me a one star recommendation, and I think I would give it like a half star. I was just, I, <laughs> I, oh, I couldn't. You no, know, Netflix it. is really good for that. Like, they'll know if I like the movie or not. Yeah, uh, I, I find their predictions are pretty spot on. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, yep. so condemned is that the one where there's like a girl and death is the only escape? Well, okay. the The description on Netflix is uh, this movie came out last year. 
okay. the residents of a grimy, rundown tenement building would love to get out. The zombies would love to get in. That's ah, the only okay. description they have. But basically, her boyfriend tricks her into running away from home. Uh, and he lives in a condemned building in New York City. Uh, okay. And they're sort of they're squatting. And this whole building is full of squatters. And one of the squatters has a disease and is starting to spread through the building. And there's like this guy who's cooking meth there. There's a couple of drug addicts live upstairs. There's this guy who's into some weird BDSM shit uh, who is keeping a guy as his pet slave. Um, there's this dude who doesn't leave his house. And then there's the dude who is crapping blood. Yeah, I it, they go pretty graphic with that. So there's nice. that. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's like, wow, I yeah, you actually they actually do shots where they follow the blood as it goes down the pipes and shit. Really? Hmm. Yes. Which, which sounds, fun, you know, sounds interesting, but it's just like when he goes and vomits and they follow the vomit as it goes through the pipes. That's kind of gross. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. not available in Netflix Canada, so unfortunately I won't be able to share your uh, your. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Netflix says I'll give it one and a half stars. <laughs> and, and notably, it's actually the feature film debut of Dylan Penn, who is the daughter of uh, Sean Penn and Robin Wright. Is she oh. is she the lead? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's probably the better the best actor in that film. Okay. Um but I I, I got to add it to my list just, to, <laughs> just because <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, it was just uh I just no, it was yeah. I I can't recommend it. Um, <laughs> I and if you're you're into that, you know, you know, see how how far you can get through the gross out crap, you know, go right. ahead, but yeah, see, I don't like vomit to begin with or spitting. Oh my god! So I'm probably not gonna watch that. Yeah. But funny, we mentioned Netflix, and I just get an email saying that in Netflix Canada, that Scout Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse just came out. <laughs> so, oh, I'm actually I've been wanting to see that, so I'm excited to watch that. But I gotta wait till July because oh. in June I'm doing hashtag backlog. That's right, you are. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> on that note anything else to talk about this week ash no that was that was pretty much my short week there all right so let's move into our review this week we are continuing the complete saw series arc and today we are talking about the third film in this series saw three from 2006 and as always there will be spoilers for saw saw 2 and saw 3 moving forward i'm sure so make sure if you have not seen these movies pause the podcast here watch those and then hit play once again saw 3 is directed by darren lynn bousman just like saw 2 and just like saw 4 will be it was written by lee winnell it has an IMDb score of 6.2 out of 140,131 votes at the time of this recording. Has a Metacritic score of 48, a tomato meter of 28%, but an audience score of 71%. It had a budget of $10 million, which, making note, that's uh, more than double the budget yet again of its predecessor. And it had a gross of over $80 million, so down a little bit from Saw 2. So those are our stats. I didn't ask last week. I forgot. But let's talk about our history with Saw 3. Ash, what was the uh, first time you saw Saw 3? Uh, I actually rented it. That was my first time uh, watching it. We rented it a while back. So like a long time ago, like when it first came out. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's actually my, I didn't rent it. I, I, I remember like asking my mom, hey, ma, I was at work or something. Can you pick up this movie that came out today? And uh, she ended up getting like the the expensive, like more expensive special edition of it and everything. So it came with like, I think this is the one that came with like a still of the film and everything. And I uh, remember watching it by myself and um, and liking it the first time I saw it. So what's what's your history with this film, Mark? Uh, I saw it in the theaters. Um, I think this is the last one I saw in the theaters. I can't recall if I saw the four or five and whatever um, at the movies. But I remember seeing this one in the theaters. And uh, for some reason, my version of uh, Saw 3, I think yeah. I must have bought it previously viewed at Blockbuster. Because oh, it okay. is bare bones. I don't think it's the yeah. same case. Like It, I, it just feels off. Yeah, I did that same thing with like four, five, and six. Yeah, yeah. For, for like this is the last one I have on DVD. All the rest are on Blu-ray. Because that's okay. when I pretty much started collecting Blu-rays. And yeah. I'm just curious because on the back of Saw Three, there's a website of Saw3.com. I wonder oh. if it's still active. And I nope, the site cannot be reached. <laughs> <laughs> hey, out of curiosity, do you know how long your your cut was? Yeah, uh, one thirteen. So one thirteen minutes. So what's that? Ninety. So an so, hour and twenty-three. So just under two hours. I mean, yes. Okay. So mine was a, was about the same then. So I'm, I think we probably watched the same. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Mine comes from uh, uh, mine comes from uh, Maple Pictures, which is like the Canadian uh, company that takes care of the Liongate films. Okay. So it might be slightly different. Um, my DVD had three different commentaries. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I only watched one. Just I was yeah. going to watch this film four times in like five days. Yeah, <laughs> mine. My cut was hour fifty three. Yeah. Okay, that's mine too. So that's we pretty much probably saw the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Which I think is the, if I remember right, the unrated. No. And mine says the no, uncut the director's cut. Yeah. Yes. Mine's the uncut edition. It's got a rating of eighteen A in Canada. Uh, which, I don't know what that equivalent is. Uh, in the U.S., usually our movies in the U.S. is like fourteen in Canada. So oh, okay. 18A here um, would be like a double R in the U.S. Um, and they mentioned in the commentary that uh, – because there's three commentaries. So I listened to the one with uh, Bowsman, uh, Wanell, and the producers Peter Block and Jason Constantine. Okay. And they talked about how they had an issue with MPA regarding this film. Yeah. They getting NC-17 ratings. And right. they actually had to talk to Rob Zombie. Uh, and oh. he gave them advice on how to deal with the MPA. To oh, wow. uh, finally get an R rating, but I think they submitted the movie like 10, 12 times. Whoa, that's so, insane. Yeah, I was a, yeah. a little bit of. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the MPA. After oh, I watching, the MPAA. did you watch a documentary? This movie is uh, not yet rated. Yes, and yeah. j- just watching that just infuriates me when I just I hear MPA bullshit. You know, I fucking hate the MPA. Yeah, I, I showed that film to my uh, to my film 102 class when I was teaching, okay. and uh, yeah, it. it it definitely brought up some interesting discussion. And I had a student who emailed me that he was uncomfortable with the film because of all like the nudity and everything and the sex and the violence in this film was not yet rated because it shows clips. Really? So yeah, that was uh, that was a, an, a unique experience that I'm sure I'll probably never encounter again. But yeah, yeah. millennials. Exactly. You should show them Thriller or Cruel Picture next time. <laughs> we'll see how these, we'll see what kind of they rate you after that. Right, I still, I, I still wish I was in a position to do that, but maybe one day again, you'll get tenure. But that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, um, 
Yeah, so Saw Three. I mean, it picks up uh, basically the the very beginning of it, at least, is is the picking up minutes after the end of Saw Two. You know, we have Eric trying to find his way out of the bathroom again, um, and then obviously later on we find out kind of what happened to him, um, and we find out we get my question answered about why didn't Adam escape the last from Saw from mm-hmm. the original Saw. We get that question answered as well. Um, so yeah, but uh, <laughs> right in the beginning. Eric just destroying his foot to get it out instead of cutting it off, he just destroys it with the top of the toilet bowl lid. Yeah, man, that was ve- that was brutal. And I mean, it kind of just sets the stage for what's to come. Well, you know, you're not the only one who thought that. The MPAA had an issue with this scene. Oh, um, okay. I guess the original cut of that segment of the scene, he bashed his foot about twenty times. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, the directors are like, well, let's over-exaggerate it. So, then yeah. we trim it. It looks good. And we get eventually what we want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, originally they shot it that he bashed his foot 20 times. Hmm. Which wouldn't be much foot left. Exactly. You know? I mean, but it makes it makes sense to me because he's still – he has no idea where his son is yet. No. He's still thinking that he's trying to search for his son. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, the, the motivation behind it worked for me absolutely, you know? And, and what's also really cool about this scene is that – this wasn't the original opening scene for the film. Um, they, oh, okay. They're going to put this... You know how the movie is one big flashback at some point? And they're yeah. going to put that segment in the middle of the movie. But thought it would oh. be better as a bookend to Saw 2. So they popped it in the front and it works. Like, Yeah, I like it. it you know, like people want answers and you got some right away. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and, yep. and, and with the whole foot thing... This is where, like, now this is 2006. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, where the whole torture porn stigma yeah. of the Saw franchise really starts. Because yeah. the, the first two really weren't that, go- well, the first one was in gory. Up until, like, the final, you know, the, the foot cutting, which still wasn't that gory anyways. Mm-hmm. And number two was a bit of a departure of one. But this yeah. is where the traps get dangerous, you know. Oh, That's absolutely. where they get uh, they get kind of crazy, almost cartoony in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is the same time 06 when Hostel came out, and uh, what was the other one? The big one that came out that year it was kind of torture porny. Trying to think, there, there was a few, but to me, this is where Saw kind of goes down that tunnel of torture porn. Yeah, I, I wrote that you know, kind of in my final thoughts for this oh, one. I'm sorry. That that's no, don't be that that that. This is definitely. The, the turn where, you know, where the series takes the turn to the torture porn. And, yeah. and it makes sense in the context I, yeah. of this movie just yep. because a man of what Amanda's doing. She's, it, it, she's the one that designed the traps. Exactly. And yeah, I agree with you. not want anyone to escape. Right, so, right, yeah. So, but at the same time, good. it's still, it's just like, whoa. Yeah, and I mean, that's where we get our very first trap is, you know, and that's when... um What's a, I forgot to write down the cast list this time, but the the detective from the first film, the girl, Dina Myers, uh, Dina Myers, her name yeah. was uh, detective. Carrie. Yes, Carrie. When she realizes that, you know, she's like, "Hey, this is not a typical trap. You know, there's there is no way out, and so this is not a jigsaw trap." And I thought, you know, that's interesting. But um, but even but ha- definitely it even happened before that uh, that trap because when uh, Schmizbo in the in the school was all chained up. Like for them to get into the classroom, they had to cut through all this steel plating. Oh, that's that, I'm sorry, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, because that's the one where she comments that yes, this is 
you know, that is not like him because you can't get out. How did you get in? You had to blow through a wall and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I also found interesting, and they kept this a secret, but this whole Donnie Wahlberg uh, character in this movie, mm-hmm. um, they didn't announce to anybody that he was going to be in the film. So oh. it was only when you first saw the film that people actually were surprised to see him because they actually kept his role a secret. <laughs> which That's I kind of like because it's hard to keep secrets these days, right? Right. Um, so you had to have him show up on screen and right at the beginning, apparently nobody expected that, which I think is really cool. <laughs> Definitely. That is pretty cool. Another uh, 2006 horror film that came out was that, you know, I would kind of stick into this same type of genre would be uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. <gasps> That's the one. Yes. Because that which was I very gory. Love. Yeah, I love that movie, though. Me too, much better than the original. And uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the Beginnings, also, which another one, again, same same type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was looking, and I don't think Hostel was a 2006. I think it might have been a year later, but nothing's working on my internet there for looking at that. But, you know what? I think they had a trailer for Hostel 2 on the Saw 3 DVD. Uh, let me just... Uh... I'm pretty- Hostel must have been 2005 because 2007 has- was Hostel Part 2. So, Okay, yes. Hostel, or oh, I should maybe type it properly. Hostel was 05 and then 2 was okay. 07. Yeah. And there was a Hostel 3, 2011. Yes. I- it like, go- takes place in Vegas, I think. It's the only one that takes place in the States. I did not know this. Yeah, I oh. uh, actually got that in my one of my horror packs. I owned it already, but... Uh, oh no, I'm I'm lying. I didn't. I got Hostel and Hostel Part Two in a double pack on horror on the horror pack thing. But um, I didn't end up picking up Hostel Part Three. It was a direct to video, as far as I remember. Okay. And uh, not very good from everything I've heard. But I've oh, not really? seen it yet either. Oh, I I'm actually I wouldn't mind watching that. Yeah, me too. Just I like those. I like the first two. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like number two, as weird as it was, I I like the twist that you know instead of uh, male campers uh, or you know travelers it was female travelers and. Yeah, no. yeah, but again, we're, I'm, I'm on a tangent, so we'll get back to all three. So, in that first trap, the appearance of Costas Mandalore, and I just was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Because all I can remember is that when he comes in, when this when this actor steps on screen, usually the movie turns to shit. <laughs> I I cannot stand him. And and correct me if I'm wrong. He's the one who's going to kind of be the lead throughout the rest of these, right? Yeah. And I okay. thought he took the lead at the end of this one. And I guess that's the big reveal in four, because the oh, way, okay. the way he acts during the classroom scene in this one, mm-hmm. it's like he got a look of disdain on the on on the officers, you know? Right. And for some reason, I thought he had a bigger part in this movie because okay. I guess when he gets revealed in four, um, he's got such a small part in three. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. him. So, yeah, like I didn't realize he was in this one. I didn't think he showed up until later in the series. Me too. I thought it was in the next one. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I I, th- I really thought he was part of this in three. But maybe yeah. his role gets explained more in the in the future ones, which we'll have to rewatch because I don't remember. But I know. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember. I don't even remember seeing him in the movie. In, in Saw 3 you're oh, talking? Oh, wait, yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, just in the now. beginning. All right, yeah. Uh, and that's the only reason why I recognize them in Saw 3 is because I saw 4, 5, 6, and 7. No 8. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> because if it wasn't for, like, the future uh, releases, I wouldn't have even, like, acknowledged Costas Mandalore in this movie. Right, exactly, you know? exactly right. Yeah. So, 
the special effects in this one, I think, are just, I mean, you can tell where the budget went and it went into the special effects. And I think they just did a fantastic fucking job for like, like the entire thing. And it starts right at the beginning with the, um, with Troy's trap, the, the very first one, this, the brutal way that the skin was pierced. Yeah. And then him having to rip it off, I thought was so well done. I just, it I was cringe. disgusting and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All these traps felt so mean compared to the yeah. other ones. Even though the other ones were mean too, like the reverse bear trap is no walk in the right. park. <laughs> but these felt just, just evil, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, like, could I go, th like, get rid of those piercings? Could I rip my skin? I know. I'd see maybe is, yes up until the jaw part. Yeah, because mm -hmm. the jaw, oh, the jaw, just, how is he going to even pull that out? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, yeah I, I, I don't know. And and that's the thing, you never see it, which is too bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, it's, it's the jaw that really got to me. I'm like, man, um, do you really want to, like, okay, let's say you, you survive, but now your jaw's all fucked, or maybe you won't have a bottom jaw anymore. Who knows, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I'd just wait the 60 seconds, get a comfortable seat on the floor, and just wait for it to to pop like let's be honest <laughs> you know I, i'm pretty and i don't want to live a life where i'm not pretty you know what i mean so, again oh, not sure why you're laughing but <laughs> oh you are pretty I, oh I'm, so I'm, pretty I'm a pretty princess <laughs> uh, i love the moment when carrie uh, this is like when she's being taken yeah. uh, into put in her trap. I just I thought it was genuinely creepy when we're watching the TV screen and she realizes that uh, she's watching, you know, a live feed one and then two that it's coming from her closet. I thought that was really well done. And then we all we see is the is the camera, like we see um, the screen and we see the her um, her Amanda mm -hmm. creeping up behind her and then getting her. I thought that was such a really good moment. It was really creepy to me. But did it technically make any sense? Because she was watching a tape and then it switches to a live camera feed. How? Well, I mean, she could have hit a hit, she could have changed and I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. It just looked good. See, that bugged me. Then I'm like, ah, she didn't touch the input button. The remote controls on her, on well, her nice. But what's her name is is in the room with her. She could have had another controller and, and changed something. That's that's quite possible. Yeah, you're right. Well, and the only but, thing that bothered me about it is she's a freaking cop and she knows yeah. the type of shit she's into and she didn't even bother trying to call for, you know, oh, backup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Or right. anything. It's just kind of like, really? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. If I was in the Saw universe, as just a regular citizen of the world, yeah. um, I'd be scared shitless. I oh, would no not doubt. leave my house. <laughs> Knowing a guy can abduct you, really with no problem. Right. And uh, to wake up into one of these devices, oh mm -hmm. man, I, I, you know what? I'd shit myself. I'll tell you right now. I'll shit myself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too man to admit it. I would shit myself. Hoping it would clog a gear and I could save myself. You know. <laughs> so really, it's survival. So uh, you know, hashtag respect. Um, <laughs> hashtag but, hashtag ass survival. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like this is one scary universe. Everything's bleak. You know, nothing mm -hmm. looks nice and pretty like myself. Um, everything is washed in sepia tones and the greens and the blues, and nobody looks healthy. Nobody's happy. 
Yeah. Well, this is another one that was filmed like the first one in in, in a, uh, one, the entire film thing. Oh my God, I can't talk tonight. The entire film done in one giant uh, warehouse in yes. Toronto again. Yes. And what's cool. Okay. So the scene that um, we go from the, from the classroom, right? Where, where they discover the body to the yeah. scene where uh, Dina Meyer's character is in a tub. That is all yes. one shot. So they pan away from from the classroom and she apparently in in behind the scenes is running undressing and jumping in a tub for the camera to pan on her while she's in the tub so no shit so if you watch that scene again you will see that the water is rippling because she had just jumped in the tub right before the camera shows up (laughs) which i thought was kind of cool and they did it a few times i think that's kind of neat yes and that's one of my complaints from Saw 2 was that Bowsman didn't take any chances with his uh, with his cinema, cinematography at all. And I think he did here more so, and it really paid off. Like, that's a great uh, example of that. Yeah, and plus, this is more of a Saw script. It's, it's like, it goes back to the yes. first movie. Well, number two is more of a, let's say, haunted house film in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. This one is a straight-up Saw film. So you'll see flourishes from one, and then the style of two all merged together, and... That's right. why I think it's really that and the the twist because all of them have the twist uh, yeah. feels more like the first film's twist. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. See, the thing that bugged me about pull, I, I just it felt out of place for Jigsaw to pull Carrie in as a victim. Um, you know, the line, you know, she's a good guy. She's fighting yes. evil, essentially. And the line, uh, you're dead on the inside. I mean, that's not enough for me to buy that this is a good victim for Jigsaw. I don't think he picked her. But his voice is on the tapes. And he did the, he did the trap, right? But I yeah. think, and this, I think, also goes back to my theory from the last episode. Uh-huh. Her driving a wedge into Matthews' uh, marriage. I think he probably picked her because she's a homewrecker. Mm. But that said, though, okay, so you had an affair. In the grand scheme of the Saw universe, that's a minor offense, and it's not worth you getting, you know, trapped into one of the devices. But I think. But I see, didn't I even think, get that Matthews was married. See, I think uh, Saw oh, Jigsaw what? was testing Amanda, though. Um, the like, whole time? I, I think he had yeah. Amanda pick the victims for this. Uh, mm. and because it, uh, up before, uh, he grabbed the dude who, uh, uh, you know, uh, lost his kid, you know, yeah. um, I think he had her pick them. She designed the traps and then he, you know, he did the voiceover for her for continuity purposes, you know, for, you know, it, it, to make sure that she was doing it right type of thing. But yeah, or, or maybe I mean, Jigsaw good, as well uh, let her get picked because she gave Matthews the okay to trash his work in 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 their office. That could be too. <laughs> That's it's just you, pissed at her. But I'm just stretching, like I'm just like I'm grasping at straws because I didn't think she'd yeah. be a good uh, candidate for one of these. She devices. might have just been too close. Yeah, she, but yeah. but he kind of wants to get caught, right? Because like you know, he leaves all these hints. He leaves the hints, but he doesn't want to get caught. I mean, hell, he's... But number two, he got caught, and he still got away, you know? Because he knew that the detective would do what he wanted, and he had an escape all set up. All he had to do is, when the cops weren't, you know, watching him, was lean up and hit that one button, and the elevator would go down. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. 
I, I, but I agree. I don't think Dina Myers' character, I, man, she got the short end of the stick this during all these movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She, she, the first one, she gets a bit shit on. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and number two, um, you know, she's right. And nobody really listens to her. And then in three, well, she gets knocked off right away. And I'm like, ah, why? Like, she was like the only like really decent person in the film. She was in the first one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Oh, I totally Briefly. forgot that. Briefly. Yep, you're right. Yeah. I can picture it now. I totally forgot about that. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, but it's, anyway. it's really too bad. So, yeah, she she basically yeah. inherits the jigsaw case after Danny Glover's character goes nuts. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, uh, you know, that said, <laughs> and I don't like her as a victim, but still, that was a damn good trap. Like, the sizzling of her hand and the acid, it was just intense. Mm-hmm. And then... So this is what I didn't get, though. At the end, when she saw Amanda, she, did she just give herself up and throw her arms up? Or did something else happen there that I missed? No, she put, I feel like she, she essentially put, killed herself. She puts her arms up because she knows there's no way to stop it. Yeah. Because there was no – no, the trap was designed so that either way, she wasn't getting out of it. Oh, okay. I missed that point of it. That was kind of her Christ figure moment, you know, like her on the cross. Yeah, because right. um, after, after the initial trap, because remember, she was there for the initial trap. Um, where that guy couldn't get out, she realizes yep. that Amanda has set this one up, and she's mm. not getting out of it. And I think she also did that at the same time to show she couldn't get out because obviously there's a video feed going somewhere because Jigsaw can't see, can be on site there. Right. So I'm right. assuming, hey, I you know I I went to your trial and I unlocked it by someone can get out. Look at me, type of thing, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I'm thinking that's in a way to show to Jigsaw, who's probably watching somewhere on the monitor that, you know, she went through his shit and still could not set herself free. Right. So I think the next moment, um, that we get here is just a kind of bullshit red herring that sets up the entire end of the film. With this, we meet this generic couple who have no on-screen chemistry, and then he asks for a divorce as he walks out, which still, I mean, we'll talk about more when we talk about the ending, but Mm -hmm. everything about that was very blah. And then, like, Lynn is her name. She, you know, the doctor or whatever. She's just intensely boring to watch this entire time, and she was only only on screen for a few minutes at that point. I wrote down, like, I hope she dies just because she's so damn boring. <laughs> like, I just did not like the character at all. She, I mean, on, uh, admittedly, she gets better as it goes on when we figure out, you know, who she is and what's going on. But yeah. still, I was like, man, this is just dumb so far. Yeah, to me, she's just walking through life right now, you know. Yeah. She's medicating herself. Mm-hmm. She's just there, but she's not there. Right. You know, uh, and then we find but out more later, fu- but... How the fuck does Amanda drag this well-known doctor through the hospital with no one noticing to get her out? I just I didn't get that. I don't have an answer for you. I honestly. Uh, where right. did she catch her? I don't remember. In the locker room, right? It's locker room, yeah. Yeah, you would think that they try to get her like on the like. But the thing, like, we also they, don't they know how the, the hospital's laid out though either. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But yeah. at the same time, like we've seen so many like car abduction scenes, you know, whether in a brick and garage or whatever. So you can't do that for every character. So right. Just right. spicing it up a bit. But you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know how she could. Maybe they put her like a dirty hamper uh, laundry thing and brought it to the basement <laughs> of the hospital. And then she just, you know, could be. who knows? But you're right. Uh, that really isn't explained. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, um, um, Amanda looks really fucking thin in this one. You know, oh, I thought she like, looked hot in this one so much so compared to the other I, ones. I didn't. I, I per, personally, I didn't. 
Um, you know, I like my woman four months pregnant, so that's why I like to install too a lot. <laughs> Um, but yeah. oh, but her hair, her long hair, I like so much better than her short hair. Ah, uh, see, I prefer the short hair. It was kind of punky, like ah, yeah, you know. Anyways, um, okay. yeah, I, I just don't find like the reason why I thought Costas Mendler had a bigger piece in this film is because yeah. Amanda isn't very, she's very wiry, you know. So mm-hmm. how is she setting all of this up herself? Right, you know. So that's why, like, when I saw Costa, I'm like ah. He's going to be part of it, you know, at the end or something. He's going to show up. I couldn't remember the first time I watched it uh, recently. Um, yeah. Maybe that gets retconned in the future ones. But maybe. that's something that like, I made my – I'm scratching my head right now, um, Lice. Um, that's something that made me scratch my head. I'm like, how is she doing this all on her own? It just seems like – not that she's not capable, but there's a lot of heavy shit. And I don't see any no. cranes around, you know? I absolutely agree. I was something I was thinking the entire time and like how is this one small woman carrying like these giant men like um what's what's the guy's I can't who's the Eric is that his name? Oh, which one? Jeff. Jeff. Oh, uh, and, the guy who's Steven? Yes, that's Jeff. Yes. Like he's a big man. Like how is she carrying him through, you yes. know, to this warehouse? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Um like if you're trying to place it into a realistic, you know, sense. Yeah. But something tells me I, he gets redcon in the future once and we're going to answer on yeah. questions uh, later on, but right now that we're only watching lot. 3. It does happen a lot with this film. Yeah. Yeah, we're only three uh, three series uh, three films into the series and it in you know like you're saying a retcon uh is happening a lot. Yeah. Uh you know just kind of fixing or, or changing or correcting or, or answering things that we didn't know previously or saw previously. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it will like you said, but Yeah. You know, after you know I thought Jeff um was probably like the most interesting thing about this. Um the jigsaw scenes were honestly a little uh I don't know, slow for me, not less interesting to me. I really liked it when we were following Jeff and was a little bored otherwise. Uh, I found they kind of compliment themselves quite well um, just because I found the Jeff scenes quick and his scenes were yes. kind of dragging, like maybe a long illness. I, I don't know. I just found uh, Lynn's arc interesting. Um, just the fact that she had to keep him alive for one last event mm-hmm. and that she did a lot to keep him alive, and a lot of stuff was pretty gross, which kind of satisfied my my uh, I guess torture porn lust for this for this episode, you know. Yeah, um, and I think that once we got later in the film, like I wrote that note early on. Once we got later in the film, I was definitely you know more interested in what was happening with Jigsaw. Yes, uh, but just in the beginning, it was just kind of too slow. Build. slow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I love the moment when Amanda like tells the doctor to come here and like grabs her hair and says, you know, did I bring John to you or did I bring your self-centered ass to John? <laughs> I love that moment. I thought it was so funny and just so great. And that's something else. It just shows how batshit crazy Amanda really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that yet from her, you know? Right. Like in the first and then one, like, it's just like her with a mask on her face. So we can't really mm-hmm. hear her talk to too much. And yep. number two, she's playing a role. This right. is Amanda like she really is. Yeah, and she's like, with, when she's cutting her thighs with a giant knife, it's yeah. just like, man. So, note to self, guys, all hot chicks are crazy. Right, yeah. I think that's what we learned in Saw 3, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> crazy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, we get our, our first bit of nudity in this series with the uh, the half-frozen woman, who obviously was the woman who, what was she, the witness, I guess, who didn't come forward. Which I found weird. Why wouldn't you come yeah. forward to a hit and run with a child? Right. It made no sense to me. It's, it was like, what, like, and, mm. yeah, the person she was 
or like I would understand it if the person who hit him was like some like gang member or something, yes. but he was like an a, a educated uh, college man who was like in med school or some shit. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like what, what the fuck was he going to do? Why not come forward? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It didn't make any sense at all. Fine. So um, now the MPA had problems with the nudity as well. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, if I'm looking at this quickly here in my notes, uh, because we jumped a, a small section here, um, the reason for the nudity is that the director didn't want to leave anything to the imagination. Show, oh, like, okay. The scene was not sexual in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. This was just exactly. somebody in distress. Um, and it, And the actress on scene... She's already in a state of distress. It's not like she was, you know, mm-hmm. getting sexy naked and then she gets abducted. She's right. just there. She's stark. Yep. There's nothing sexy about it whatsoever. And blue. Exactly. Um, but now the reason why the MPA had problems with this scene is because they thought it was sexual torture. Oh. Yeah. So that's why they had to edit this just a bit. But um, huh. I guess... The, and this is one of the scenes that uh, Bowsman spoke to Rob Zombie about, and oh. pretty much, um, uh, says here, uh, advise MP the reason for the nudity. They understand. Oh, okay, so they. Uh, I don't even understand my notes here, but I guess <laughs> Zombie uh, helped Coach Bowsman on talk to the MPA to explain why the nudity was there, and I guess as they found out that it wasn't of in a sexual nature, that's why they allowed it. Because she's oh, okay. she's dark fucking nude for a good ten, right. ten well, not even ten minutes, maybe like seven eight minutes. But yeah. uh, since it wasn't sexy, they let it continue. Mm, so, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 it's it's very interesting. Man, and if I have it my way, we will one day do a Rob Zombie film uh, filmography arc because I love his work and I really want to talk about it. So in the future, that has to happen. Yeah. I've mentioned that like five times in the past, but it has to. And I, I think I own them all. But if yeah. I only watch them like once or twice, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be okay. Too. Oh, I just bought. Okay, tangent, but tangent. I forgot. I I bought some awesome books this weekend, including the Scream script, um, which has an introduction from Kevin Williamson that talks about how he just started writing a new television series called Dawson's Creek and how he hopes oh. it picks up and blah blah blah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's amazing. Um, it, the script that I bought actually came out in '97, so it was right before Scream Two came out. And so, okay. like, he had no idea, obviously, like, what successes he had in front of him. Um, so, it was really interesting to read. But, um, and I also picked up The Jaw Logs, which is, uh, like, kind of like the making of Jaws, which okay. I just added to my Amazon cart a few days earlier, and I found it in a thrift store. So, I was like, fuck yes. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And then, finally, um, I picked up a uh, script of The Devil's Rejects, which is really cool because it's actually like a reproduction of Rob Zombie's director's, his script. And so it has all his, his notes, notes in it and everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and where he cut out like, and it has like a signature in the front and everything. It's really cool. And it was actually a Hot Topic exclusive. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, which is ridiculous. But it's a really fucking cool book. And uh, it was wrapped. So it was brand new. And it was only like 12 bucks or something. Like it was, it was a really cool find. I actually went through it a little bit. It's, it's awesome. Uh, see, it's pretty cool to find uh, like, I like books like that. Yeah. You know, like I have this, well, anyways, well, we'll talk about it another time uh, because yeah. I've waited for hours, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love finding these types of books. It's just now finding a time to read those books. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. My wife is like, yeah, I'm really excited. And all these are going to go a bo- into a box and sit there for the next 10 years. And I was like, hey, you shut your mouth, you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, truth. 
and then you hit her. <laughs> and, then- <laughs> <laughs> and you laugh. This one black eye. It's all right. <laughs> Don't make me think twice. <laughs> uh, uh, just kidding, uh, folks. Just jokes. <laughs> just jokes. <laughs> just jokes. We here at Cinefashions do not support or condone uh, spousal abuse or condone spousal abuse in any way, shape, or form. No. Child abuse, yes. Go for spousal, it. Spousal, no. None. None whatsoever. No, that's cleared up. Uh, I thought the special <laughs> effects with the uh, in that scene that we were just talking about with yes. the, the naked woman mm-hmm. were just fucking great. The way they made her look like she had ice on her. Yes. Uh, wow. Vacuum formed. It was vacuum oh, body okay. pieces, so it was like like a plastic, uh, like a molding over a body. Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Now I had a problem with the scene. Okay. And it's more of a character problem with Angus, uh, or I guess uh, Jeff in the movie. I call him Angus because that's his real name. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, who the fuck is Angus? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> um, why did he like? I understand his child passing. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's distraught and he's upset and he's mad because the system screwed him over. Right. What I don't get is why he took so long to get out of the room because at the same time mm-hmm. he's trapped in this freezer. So no matter what, he has to get the key. Just why, right. why ponder and like give this girl his two cents before doing it, you know? Yep. Um, no, I agree. The motivation there, it just, it is so weak to me. And, and just the fact that you're, you're in a, okay, well, you're in the Saw universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, uh, you protect yourself by having a greater group of numbers. So yeah. If she's yeah. going to follow you, you give her your shirt and then you guys are two people trying to go through these traps, you know? Right. So I don't know. I, I just like, you know, I guess he stumps out of it a little too, little too late. Mm-hmm. He does, he does that a few times. Um, well, I think part of it too was he had just woken up and gotten and gotten dropped on the floor out of that box. Yeah, he's groggy, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I so guess that might that be was- part of it. And then he just has that thrust at him. It's just like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. The um the next the next one I'm jumping on. Obviously, feel free, Asher or Mark, to to jump back, jump forward, wherever. But uh, the next trap was the the pig, the judge. With the the chain around the neck and uh, the pig guts, man, those dead, disgusting pigs, and just I can't even the the smell, the stank that must have been coming from that. Oh my god, what a disgusting scene! And I have like a, such a a thing about my neck, like I hate when things go near my neck, and just the idea of being locked up by only your neck like that, it just makes me like, just makes it hard to breathe. Like I can't handle that. You know, what like a disgusting soap, yeah. scene. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Mark's disappointed, but that's all right. Always, <laughs> yeah. I, that scene was really gross. Um, and to me, you know, and I have, I have, I would have the same problem that Jeff had because, again, I'm a collector. <laughs> so having my my dead child's toys in an incinerator. I'll probably him and haw as well to get yeah. before I get the key. But at the same time, though, I, no matter what, I have to burn them to get out of there. Right? Yes, exactly. But I would probably like give myself one last good look at them before they would get destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah. With the amount of pigs that were coming in, especially toward the end, I was surprised he was able to save him, honestly. Me too. I thought for sure he would have been, you know, drowning the by the time he went back up. Can you imagine he was drowning? close to it? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was close. But can you imagine drowning in pig like that? Like not bacon, God. but rotting pig. Because if you yes. look at those pigs as they go through the belt, like they were maggot infested. Like these were not mm-hmm. fresh pigs. Were they real, do you know? Did they say in the commentary track? Uh, no, they didn't mention. I, I would be very surprised um, if they were. I, yeah, I, highly, I, was just doubt, I highly doubt it. Um, I, they didn't look real to me. They had that little no. sheen of movie magic. Oh, well, okay. I, I, I don't know. They looked really good to me. That's why I didn't oh, know. they looked fantastic. It just didn't yeah. look good. I mean, like uh, real, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I like he saved them. I would have done the same thing, obviously. Right. And I think it would have taken the same amount of time. In this case, it's my my dead kid's final possessions. It's hard to let go. I can understand that. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, who can say when you're in any situation? You know what I mean. But I feel like I would have just burned him. I don't know. But again, I, I don't know. It's so hard to put yourself in that situation, especially because I don't even have any kids. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know what it's like. But I don't know. At least I don't have any kids either. Uh, maybe in <laughs> 10 years, I'll get a knock on the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, yeah. The Like the main thing I remembered from Saw 3 before I came back into it was the scene. I don't know what, what the procedure's called, but where the he gets, Jigsaw gets part of his saw taken out. That cool. scene always stuck with me. It was, oh my God, so graphic. And and to me, someone who's ignorant as hell to what the inside of someone's head looks like, looked so realistic. It just, oh man, that always stuck with me. And watching it again here, I can see why. Because it is just so disgusting and so well detailed for, again, someone who doesn't know what the inside of someone's head looks like and hope to never mm-hmm. find out. Uh, like, wow, what a fantastic scene, special effects-wise. And what's funny is that the MPA had no problems with that scene because it was a medical <laughs> procedure and not torture. Oh, So it's all about sense. the reason and not about yep. the gore sometimes. Exactly. And hmm. I did like that scene. because It's funny name, because it's probably one of the goriest scenes visually. Uh, yeah. One of the goriest scenes visually in the film. I, to- oh, I yeah. totally agree. I like it's it's very graphic, but it's medical, and you can watch that on TLC before they didn't become TLC anymore. You know, um, yeah. But what I liked about this scene as well, because with the doctor, she had a lot of pressure on herself because really she's operating on Jigsaw, but mm-hmm. it, it feels like she's kind of operating on herself at the same time. Right. But if she doesn't succeed in this, he dies and she dies as well. Mm-hmm. You know. And I really find after this scene, her attitude really changes. You know, she's no longer, oh, yeah. she's no longer combative. She's no longer trying to escape. She knows that her fate is tied to him. So she has to write it out. Right. Yeah, definitely. I don't know though. Like I still, looking back now, I just don't like Lynn. I don't know. She was just boring to me. Like even in these moments where it's just, it feels like it should be, you know, heightened emotionally or, you know, just the, the stakes are so much higher. Yeah. yeah. It was just still, eh, I don't know. Well, and I, I don't know all the circumstances around it but i imagine she's depressed and on medication for that I and mean, she's self-medicating like you said and everything else right so, right and she's That's probably true. not getting therapy for it and she's mm-hmm. just dealing with it just like her husband mm-hmm. is but he's definitely yeah. a lot more destructive about things right right 
The um, so the, and this is the kind of the first. And correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but I think this is the first time we see in the series that John once had a significant other of some sort, because he dreams about this blonde woman who I know we see you know more as the series goes on. I don't remember exactly in what capacity. For some reason, I remember a trap of some sort, but we won't spoil it. I guess for those who haven't gotten that far in the series yet, but uh, I know she appears later on. I think this is the first time we see her, though. Correct? At least that yes. you guys remember. Yes, yeah. it is. Okay. And isn't she the the focus point of Saw Four? I'm pretty sure it's all Baxter on how uh, John becomes Jigsaw. That could be. I know it's. I know she has a, a focus in one of them, but you know, I'd be lying if I said I knew which one it was. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's the next one. Okay, but I I remember that one being boring. I hope. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. Uh, no, I don't think you are. I, I oh, think it, okay. I think it's boring as well. Yeah. Hmm. Which kind of gives you a bit of a breather from all the gory goodness of Saw Three, I guess. Yeah, you know, those that yeah. one. <laughs> I'm, not me. Right. I'm tough, but whatever. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we find out here that Amanda was wearing the pig mask when Adam got attacked in the very first film. Which, when we were talking during that podcast a couple weeks back, we we did you know determine that it had to be Zep that was the one that was attacking him. But obviously. Yeah. That you know, going back and retconning, as yeah. as you say, she, you know, Zep didn't have the, that big of a role. Pretty much, as soon as she beat her her trap, she kind of became yep. the number one henchman, I guess, for uh, for John. Yeah, which is interesting because we were kind of, I think, maybe not in agreement 100%, but pretty darn close to it, that Zep was going to be the one that to take over his place if he did the trap. But obviously, if you watch this, that cannot have been the case if we yeah. if we try to stick to one continuous continuity. A little redundant, but yeah. So I thought one moment that was really slow to me and kind of pointless was I wasn't really sure why they had to show us how much or how well Amanda helped John get ready for the for the first film's trap in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I understand. I, I just it felt so long to me and just so pointless that they already showed us what they needed before that at the beginning of the film, and then they'll show us again later on. I didn't see why we had to go through the entire fucking setup. I thought that was just redundant from the from the. You know, well, it kind of answered a few point. questions, like how did John stay still, you know, on the floor the whole time? You saw him getting injected. But, you saw them. Uh, yeah. the I kind of dug that because it just puts all the pieces of the puzzle together, you know. I, I guess I wasn't asking those questions, though. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe I wasn't asking those questions because I have seen this and knew that he slowed his breathing. You know. Yeah. He did something to slow his breathing. But like other than that, I don't like I just assumed John closed the door himself and then went and sat down. Like I assumed he did the moving of the bodies. You know what I mean? Like I didn't it didn't matter that he didn't, I guess. Yeah. You know, I I understand that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I kind of like those that mini tie, you know, those details that are fleshed out. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I like this movie. I didn't realize I liked it as much as I did until I saw it again because I kind of forgot about this movie. Um, Mm Yeah. So yeah, just just having all these these bows being tied on this package, um, yeah, yeah I, I liked it. Uh, you know, it, 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 there is something to be said to the attention to detail, which we, I feel like we're going to lose as we go forward. Yeah. Well, I, well, okay, I do have one question. Shoot. What? Mm-hmm. Why did Saw pick that one particular dude? What connection did he have to him? Because he's like, you know, I'm the one who ruined your life. I don't get it. He didn't kill his kid. What the hell? I don't get it. Why did he pick him? 
Oh, because uh, the doctor, uh, he needed a doctor to go through his last test, and that was her husband. Yeah, like, I think it just happened to be the husband type of thing. And he happened to be a piece of shit, or not a piece of shit, excuse me. He happened to be in a very bad place. At a very bad time. And so I think that's what it was, more so than picking the man. It just it was picking the woman who happened to have this guy. Mm. Who would fit so well? I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, that's kind of very convenient. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it, yeah, it's kind of. You know, I'm sure he followed the whole trial because the trial was bullshit too. You know, like uh, our our yeah. uh, our hidden runner. Oh, well, he wasn't hidden run, but uh, the guy who uh, who killed the kid only got six months, which to me is ridiculous. <laughs> Did they but... even mention was he drinking at all? Like, was he drunk when he hit the kid? I don't think so. Like, I thought it was just a regular. I mean, just a regular. Honestly, but that, it was just a standard. Hit, an accident, you know, accident. Like an accident. Yeah. Even getting six months. Like, let's say the kid jailwalked or ran across the street to catch right. a ball. Like, look at at Pitt Cemetery. Did the truck driver get six months yeah. for killing Gage? Right. I don't think so. So why would this guy I, get I would six hope months? Not. You know, like if if yeah. the kid just runs across, then it's it's more right. like a negligent parent thing. It's like you know, it, exactly. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, if we go there, it kind of just rocks the whole foundation of the entire film, and it makes it a little weaker. Well, but. it depends, too, on the state that you live in, and the laws, and everything else, and, and it also depends yeah. on um, what the prosecutor thinks that they can charge a person with, and what they can get away with. Yeah. But I think it's more kind of the, um, uh, what do I want to say, I guess, the word motivation for the third time, but uh, I think it's more that than you know, kind of the legalities behind yeah. it. Because if this this man who is going to appear in the rack in a few minutes mm-hmm. was simply driving and then this kid runs on front of him, I mean, how is that his fault and not you know not the parents' yeah. fault? And then it kind of because like makes we don't Jeff's argument. We weird. don't know if he veered into the kid or the kid ran mm-hmm. in front of him or you know he yeah. backed up. like we we just don't know you know and making it's, it's, that character drunk, making him. Uh, I don't know, bad, he was getting roadhead or something, you know, making something his fault more, making that more clear in this film, I think would have helped kind of motivate that entire thing. Yeah, let's thing. say he had a smartphone back in 2007 and he was distracted driving, yeah. you know. Right, he's watching YouTube. Yeah, there you go. Or let's say, you know, <laughs> uh, he, he's, no, never mind, enough. He's going to go somewhere with, <laughs> well, never mind. Um, but yeah, like, we, we, we just don't, we just, hey, they're, sometimes they're flat tires, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. we we just don't like. I don't. At least I don't recall knowing too too much about the accident. No, you know? I I don't know. Maybe Angus or Angus. Uh, maybe Jeff feels um he feels super like obviously he feels bad. His kid's dead, but maybe mm-hmm. he feels guilty because he wasn't watching it properly, and that's why there's this turn on the marriage, and you know that's because right. a bad person. He's blaming other people. Then he should be blaming himself, and da da da. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. It's not See, but I think sense. it's it's all okay because it it leads up to the rack, which is is my, uh, in my opinion, the best trap in this film. I don't know if you guys would agree well, or not. This is the but one uh, trap I actually remember uh, from watching it okay, all yeah. those years ago. Okay. Cringe. Yeah. What about you, Ash? What would you say? What was your favorite trap in this one? I actually, I kind of liked if if there had been an actual way to get out of it. I liked the, the trap that they put uh, the. Dina Meyer's character in. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that was definitely a good one. Um, but I actually like the one uh, 
the one that the only one I remembered before we watched the movie though was the doctor's collar with the shotgun shells. Oh, okay. So I think I actually like that one just because it's you don't know what's going to happen with that one. It's kind of hanging mm-hmm. out, you know, and her dependent on you know getting out of it is him living, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of eh, you know I I, I like yeah. that. One. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I remember the 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 color, the shotgun color as well. And I didn't, I didn't think the uh, torture, like uh, the the twisty one that we're talking about. I thought that was yeah. in the in the in the following one. I thought it was in the future oh, okay. edition. I didn't know it was. In, I don't remember it being in Saw Three. So when I saw gotcha. the black guy, and I'm like, oh my god, it's this movie. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. to a point where it makes me like squeamish. Wow, yeah, just no, to that, see the extremity twist. Hurts. There's a close-up of one of his arms after the first arm is mm-hmm. done twisting. And the yep. special effect appliance that they have, showing the skin not ripping, oh, yeah. but twisted and bloody. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's gruesome. Like that, it's almost stomach-churning. It, it really, really Absolutely. is. It's, <laughs> yeah, I, I've had that same reaction when they show kind of his shin bones just yes. explode out. It's like, oh, my God. Like I Initially, I thought – you know, maybe he was gonna. It was gonna be like a stretching yeah. thing, but just the twisting made it so much more memorable and just gruesome. It's just like, oh my! And God. how are you supposed to actually get out of there? Like, let's say they do get the the key, right? And like, so the one padlock is not going to open up this whole device. And, and if yeah, you're all twisted exactly. with one arm, then how are you supposed to free yourself? That's what I was wondering like, as well. These are yeah. death traps. There's no way out. Mm-hmm. See, now, the one thing I would have liked was for Jeff to not have to take a bullet to save this guy's life. Like, I wish it was simpler for him. I wanted it to be, you can forgive him and get him out, or you cannot and watch him die, yeah. and then you can leave. Like, I wanted it as simple as that, because I thought it would have just been a more interesting kind of emotional Well, And, uh, and that's thing. just it, the way the, the, the bullet trap was designed, is he could actually retrieve it without taking a shot, because he didn't. But, you know, it, right. it still went off. It was a bullshit <laughs> yes, exactly. way to kill the judge. Having him on fire. Yeah. Like, doy, yeah. like, you know, like, he, he inspected the fucking device before Jeff went for it. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't walk in front of it. Like, you're a <laughs> right. judge. What, what, yeah. What killed me, though, was that fu- that motherfucker was yelling at Jeff to, to, for not doing anything when he could have just as easily grabbed the goddamn key yep. as Jeff could have. That bugged the shit yep. out of me. It's like, why are you yelling at him? You're doing the exact – you're not doing anything doing either. the exact same thing because he's scared as shit as well. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And really, it wasn't his trial to do anyways. This is between him and Jeff. It wasn't between mm-hmm. the judge and the guy, you know? Right. Um, the, there was a line that's, that's said a little bit later on. Um, the doctor says it, she says, my marriage has survived through more suffering than anyone like you could ever know. I thought that was a pretty selfish thing to say to a cancer patient, even if he is this monster. Yeah. I thought so as well. I kind of chuckled because I'm like, no, I think he's had it worse. So, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So you're sleeping in opposite beds. Oh, boo, foo, foo. This guy has cancer. I think he had, uh, the bad roll of the dice on this one. Yeah, you're you're fucking another man. Oh God, that must be torture for you. Like, give me a break. Yeah, I, I did like the they included that. Um, so that was you know kind of the the red herring though, because I had completely forgotten that she was Jeff's wife. Me too. Yeah, I did I, too. I as well. Hmm. 
I didn't see, but and, and but that pisses me off though because I think it's a very poor red herring. Uh, it's well, and the guy, uh, the guy's it, talking about getting a divorce, but he's not saying he's yes. divorcing her. He's divorcing, you know, so she's sleeping around with another married guy. Right, but it doesn't make sense then either because he they're clearly in an argument. They're fighting. Something uh, you know has happened between those two. And then she says, you know, what do you want from me? And he says a divorce. Yeah, well, okay, now I'm saying it. He wants her to divorce him, her exactly. husband. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He wants her all friends. Well, fuck both of you. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so hard about that, G. As you I know? said it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. So it got me. It got me really well. I was I was very surprised. I remember being shocked by it the first time too. After I remembered that that this was in fact you know they were a family, but I did think I I, I know they set this up for the fourth one. I did think mm-hmm. uh, Saw's little revenge for getting killed was a bit of a bullshit thing. You had to know. Come on, I mean, he had to know it was going to happen. For say that again, I'm him taking the uh, Jeff's daughter and putting her somewhere in the building. Oh, yes, they, yeah, that's another thing I want to touch on. Absolutely, it just again doesn't fit in the in, in Saw Two. He goes through extreme lengths to make sure that the boy doesn't die. He puts his own you know uh, crew member, if you will, in with him because, so yeah, that the, kid's the boy doesn't die. Yeah, yes. So why the fuck is he capturing the girl? And he, if he knows that, you know, if he doesn't make it, you know, then this girl's going to die. Like that just doesn't, uh, well, of course, it doesn't well, work for Jigsaw. Well, unless of course, you know, Jigsaw's deteriorated at this point. And, uh, yeah. You know, he's not thinking straight either too, but yeah, I, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't fit the way he's done things before, but I don't know. Well, I, I mm. yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed that they had the daughter. Um, I think that was more Amanda than Jigsaw, myself. But. Yeah. I don't know, but Jigsaw, no, I don't think it could have been because, no, I disagree with you completely well, because you. Amanda, I know, <laughs> Amanda doesn't know that they're family and so therefore she wouldn't know that they had the daughter. You're right. Okay, that, that, blew my, uh, that blew my theory out of the water. Okay, but then how did the daughter get there? Because Jigsaw couldn't do it. It had to be Amanda that got her there. So how the fuck does that work? I feel like and that's, that's why there's probably Costas Mandalore, but we just don't know it yet. Ah, yep, there it is. You're right. There's yep. your Costas Mandalore. Yeah, that mm-hmm. bastard. Terrible acting bastard. So, you know, as convoluted as, as this ending got, which I feel like it did get convoluted, I still think it worked perfectly well. Uh, you know, Jigsaw's dead, which is pretty big news, which is why I think some people might consider this, you know, these three films kind of a trilogy in their own in is their own he right. Really dead, though? Um, is he really dead? I don't. I think I thought he was. Yeah. Was he not? Well, he was dead, but they still made four more fucking movies. <laughs> right, but I thought, uh, yeah, I, but I thought no, something. No, he, I don't he, remember. He's I dead guess. Dead. Yeah. Okay. Um. But. Yeah, just again, the girl being in danger who's done nothing, it just doesn't, it, it, like you said, and I actually just wrote, just realized that I wrote it down, it feels like an Amanda trap, not a jigsaw trap, which was, I mean, really kind of the whole point of this film to differentiate between the two. Because obviously Amanda turns out to be just a, a murderer, and Jigsaw, you know, he says he, quote, despises murderers, which is still absolute fucking mm-hmm. bullshit, just a <laughs> bullshit. But, um, well, he doesn't consider himself a murderer, it's part of his. You know, psychosis. Yeah. No, absolutely right. He doesn't consider himself that, but he's fucking wrong, is my point. Oh, yeah. And they touched on that. They touched on the other one or this one? I think it was the other one. 
They're like, yeah, that, that yes. is total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I remember it, and I think it was the last one. But, yeah, so I'll kind of give my concluding thoughts here and let you guys, you know, hash out whatever it is else we want to talk about. But, um, you know, though I have some problems with the character choices in Saw 3, I, this is a genuinely good film. It's so much better than Saw 2, which I was surprised about because coming in, I thought to this whole arc, I thought I liked Saw 2 better. Um, but the twist is excellent, even if I didn't like the red herring. Um, but now talking through it and saying it out loud, I kind of like it a little more. Um, and it just it got me really good, I guess. I didn't think about it until I actually repeated the the exact words that she said, which caused the the divorce line to come out. So it actually makes more sense than I was thinking. But uh, the special effects are the best they've mm-hmm. been yet. And like I said, like you were talking about, Mark, earlier, it's truly starting to move toward that torture porn genre more and more. And I feel like this is kind of the first one that I would fit, you know, really into that genre. Um, you know, as the budget gets higher, so does the gore. And I am loving it. I'm giving Saw 3, three and a half out of four stars. What are your final thoughts on this one, Mark? When we first decided to do this arc, I really thought Saw 2 was the pinnacle. And yep, I remember you yeah, telling us and that. Honestly, I got I to gotta take it back. I think Saw 3 <laughs> is the strongest out of the three so far, and I think will be the strongest out of the seven that are out right now as of this recording. Yeah. Um, did you hear that, Ash? He, Mark basically just said, Ash, you were right. I, I, I am. Wrong. I, I, I am uh, <laughs> eating my hat. Uh, no ketchup. No water. Uh, the clasp is going to hurt. But, you know, uh, yeah, uh, honestly, uh, I like this movie a lot more than I remembered. I, oh, to be honest, I didn't remember much. I remembered uh, Jeff. Yeah. I couldn't remember his tribulations or trials, but I remember him. I remember the doctor. I remember, I don't remember anything else really. It was very forgettable for me. Um, I don't know why. And I don't know why this doesn't get spoken about more. I think it's because Saw just has a bad rap now, but really this film Mm -hmm. was awesome. It really was. Um, If forced, I would have watched it four times for all the three commentaries. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think if we had more time between podcasts, I might have. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah, this, this really was a fun film to watch and my, my recollection was very poor on it. Um, so, uh, I'm going to, I think I gave Saw one, three, so I'm going to have to give this like, well, because don't do decimals. I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go give three and a half, uh, just because okay. it's, it's that good. Uh, a, a few quick things though, from the commentary that we didn't touch upon. Which I liked. Absolutely. Um, so you had the fight with Amanda and Matthews. You know, you had the opening segment. Then yes. you had their fight. And apparently, they brought a hockey player to the set to determine oh. how much punishment Amanda would actually get in a fight with Matthews. Because, you know, he's slamming her head against a wall. And right. they got a hockey player to explain to them what kind of bruising she would get and how much blood should actually show up on her face. Which a, a hockey, hockey player, player. I mean, they have like professionals in Hollywood that do that type of thing. They're called stunt choreographers. Why the hell would they bring oh, in a hockey player? This movie smells like Toronto. So, so they probably had a maple leaf, <laughs> you know, uh, they That's filmed true. this in April. They're not playing in April because, you know, they're in last place in the conference. Uh, you know, right. so the, he had time to golf and he had time to, to be a consultant. Um, so there, there was that. And then hmm. the scene where, uh, you know, the, uh, a jigsaw dies. 
You don't see her mm-hmm. collar going off, but you see like a f- split second of aftermath with her head being gone. Oh my god, that was right. so gross. I love it. Uh, the original ending had about 90 seconds of gore on her, where uh, there was a bloody oh. head, uh, there'd be blood popping out of the stump. Um, apparently, oh. uh, her heart. I, I forget what I wrote here. It's something about her heart. Yeah. Um, so I guess they, they, they filmed a really gory ending for the doctor. They did their first mm-hmm. screening, like like a test screening, and the audience yeah. was stunned. And I guess the comments were not that great. <laughs> so they cut back oh. big time because you don't see much of like you're wearing a shotgun collar for most of the film. I kind of mm-hmm. want to see it going off. Right, I know, and they kind of rob you of that. Um, but somewhere yeah. there is test footage of a lot. I guess a more gory, more violent ending for the Doctor. I'm wondering if it's on. The, like, I wonder if it's in any in, in, in any of the special features. Was, I didn't go through any of the special features, unfortunately. So, I, yeah, I'll yeah, have to look at my um, disc. I, that's the thing. After watching this this movie many times back to back, I kind of don't feel like diving more into it. Um, I, I kind of showed up for this one, but you know, we just had a short turnaround time for this podcast, so I didn't really have the time, but I guess I could have right. if I really wanted to, because they watch movies today, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, apart <laughs> from that, I think that's really all for the notes. Uh, I should write, I should maybe type my notes out because I, they're really illegible, but, uh, yeah. So long story short, um, like saw three to me right now, my ranking goes three, one, and two. And then uh, I'm sure it's going to trail off four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. My ranking, man, I don't know. I'd probably have to put one, three, two would okay. be my ranking. All right, Ash, what are your final thoughts on Saw 3? I thought it got a little convoluted to the end. Um, they, I don't know. It There wasn't a lot of, and it felt slow in parts, which is fine, but there wasn't a lot going on when it was slow, which was kind of boring. Uh, which kind of dragged it down a little bit for me. Um, I did like, I did like why he set it up uh, and a few of the other things and around it. And it, they haven't quite gotten to the point where they have to get so convoluted with everything. And it did, you know, tie nicely to the first one. So overall, I like it better than two. I don't like it as much as the first one. Um, okay. So I, I'll give it another. They they get another three out of four, but out of me. But uh, uh, yeah, I think my ranking would be one, three, and two. Also, awesome. So you're giving this one three out of four. You yes. said perfect, excellent. All right, so that will be that for Saw three. Next week we will review Saw four. Jigsaw is dead. So what the fuck do we do next for the next what four movies? I don't know, but we're gonna find out. Damn it. All right, so make sure you guys check out Cinefessions.com for more. And just as a reminder, if you're interested in joining in to the Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge 5, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag CSSC5. Email me at contact at Cinefessions.com. Let us know what your challenge is. And again, only thing we're looking for is if we can look back on it in July and say, yes, I passed or yes, I failed or no, I failed. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> that was a fa- no, that was a one fail. works. Yeah, I know that that one. Yes, I failed. 
No, I failed. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, just as a reminder, Mark is doing The Backlog, which he is watching 30 movies in 30 days of his unwatched DVDs. Ash is doing the Generation Revisited Challenge. He's watching 50 episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. He's watching the Aliens Quadrilogy, and he's watching The Thing for the month of June. So 50 TV episodes and five films. And myself, I'm doing the Trashy ta- Trailer Test. My goal for the month of June is to watch 160 horror, sci-fi, and cult cinema trailers. And on top of that, I want to watch four sci-fi, horror, or cult films. So 160 trailers and four films. And if I can do that, then I will have successfully completed my CSSC5 challenge. More importantly, we want to know what you guys are doing. So again, email us or hit us up on Twitter, at Cinefessions, at Simon1, at Mark underscore Nadu, or at DHGFASHE on Twitter. We would love to hear from you guys. And make sure you use that hashtag CSSC5 to join in on the conversation for our fifth annual Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me tonight. I had a lot of fun talking about Saw 3. I actually had a bunch more notes for this one that I kind of skipped over. I don't know why. I just thought this one has, was more ripe for yeah. discussion than maybe the me other two. I've got notes as well, but that's okay. When we do Saw 3 again yeah. next year, I can use them. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I hope we don't have to do this again next year. Man, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, all right. So like that is that for tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.